Damian Lillard confirmed his trade request in a recent interview, but remains in Portland. Will his comments force the Blazers front office into action? And Giannis Antetokounmpo wants to win another championship and will do whatever it takes to get it, even if it means leaving the Bucks. Could Miami be an option? Plus, Anthony Edwards loves Heat culture. We debate the future of all three superstars and how the Heat plays a role on today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg. Joining me as always is Dave Vermill. However, you're tuning in, YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Three different interviews that we want to talk about today. We've got Damon Lillard sit down with Mark Spears, Anthony Edwards talking about heat culture. But I want to start with this New York Times interview with Giannis. And I'm just going to go right into the quote that is sort of making the headlines here. Quote, I would not be the best version of myself if I don't know that everybody's on the same page. Everybody's going for a championship. Everybody's going to sacrifice time away from their family like I do. And if I don't feel like that, I'm not signing an extension. He goes on to say, as long as we're on the same page with that and you show me and we go together to win a championship, I'm all for it. The moment I feel like, quote, oh, yeah, we're trying to rebuild. And then he sort of trails off during the interview. He says, basically, punctuating this, we have to win another one. This is what Giannis had to say in response to ESPN's Mark Spears asking him. I'm sorry, not ESPN's Mark Spears. It's from the New York Times um, asking him. Um, no, was it Sofan or Tiana? It was Sofan. It was Sofan. It was Sofan. Oh, so, um, it was the New York Times oh, asking no, him Tanya. about the extent. It was Tanya. It was, um, the New York Times, <laughs> um, asking him about a possible extension. Yeah. And forever, man, it just felt like this was a done deal, especially after the Bucks won in, in 2021. Mm-hmm. They beat the Phoenix Suns yeah. in the NBA Finals. And it just felt like Giannis, who had long talked about, Dirk and Kobe and the way that those guys played 20 years with their organizations, he wanted to be the next guy. And now he's eligible for an extension. And he mentions in this interview, David, that it doesn't make sense money-wise even to make to, to, to sign the extension now. And it really doesn't. He can sign the extension Great. next year and it could be more lucrative. And for somebody, Giannis could tear his ACL right now and mm. still get the Supermax extension next year. Like, people will take a chance on him. But sure. Um, so that that part wasn't as interesting as the part of this this obvious applying pressure on the Bucks organization, mm. and it's it, it's interesting for a lot of reasons, David. It's interesting because it's Giannis, and he might be the best player in the NBA. It's interesting because they just re-signed Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez this offseason, kind of bringing mm. the band back together. It's interesting because they were the number one seed last year, that disappointed in the first round, losing to the number eight seed Miami Heat. Um, yeah. There's a lot of things happening in Milwaukee. It's interesting because they fired their coach because of that disappointing exit. Mike Budenholzer and they hired Adrian Griffin, a rookie head coach. Uh, this is Giannis at a crossroads, right? And and I think he would want to stay in Milwaukee if he had his bones. Yeah. But he's not swearing loyalty uh, blindly anymore. This is a guy who's saying, I am loyal to the Bucks, but I'm loyal more to me and winning championships first and foremost. I'm going to go deep into the locked on heat bag here and say, uh, you know, deal or no deal, big deal or no big deal. 
I think it's uh, not a big deal, actually. Really? I, the way I read this, yeah, the way I read this piece, kind of, you know, the, one of the things about Giannis that's always kind of stood out to me is that everybody thinks he's this big, charming teddy bear, right? Oh, big smiles, playing with his kids, making these, you know, uh, jokes with his f- girlfriend, fiance, and, you know, everybody just loves him because he's just a sweet kid, right? he's not a sweet kid and and like i think what underscored it for me was just his instruction to his brother he's like the eyes of the tiger and then hit him with a smile like he includes that in the piece when he's talking about his brother taking a picture you know like this combination of the sweet facade with the reality of what he's trying to do which is win or make money because that's something that's a lot of forgotten in this is that he's talking about his off-court interests coming from you know 12, 15 years ago, selling sunglasses on the street yeah. in Greece to help his family. He's a multimillionaire with an industry that includes his brothers to form this company. And I think that's what we're kind of, you know, looking past as we take this hot quote out of here. And I, I don't, I think he's just putting fire to the front office, the Bucks front office feet there. I think he's trying to do what he can in an era of player empowerment to say, get it done. So if I'm looking at this as, well, it looks like Giannis is out the door, that's not how I see it. I see it as like how every player in the front and in the NBA, well, at least most superstar players that want to be clear about what their goals are, he's letting the Bucks front office know, look, I'm going to get paid. We know this, whether it's by you or anybody else. Yep. I'd like it to be Milwaukee. I love the city. I love what we've done there. But you better make changes because – we just need to in order to continue building on what we did last year. I don't I don't buy that it's necessarily, oh, Giannis is looking for a way out. And we've no. seen the other end of the the, the, the the spectrum here when we see you know Kyrie Irving telling Boston Celtics fans at the start of the season, I want to be a Celtic for life. And now he's in his third team in three years, basically. Uh, and and you know, I, I think that this is kind of the the opposite of how people are reading it. I think he would prefer to stay a buck. I think he wants to remain there, and he's just basically letting the Bucks know, make whatever moves are necessary in order to put us in title contention in the near future. Yeah, if people are looking at this as, like, closing the door oh. on the Milwaukee Bucks, and I that that's, to me, the wrong read on this. I, I When he says, I would like to stay with Milwaukee, but you got to show me that we're building something long-term, Yeah, I, I think he's being very honest about that. I want to stay in Milwaukee, but I'm not signing the paperwork. Until you show me that something's done. What's interesting about this is that he want, if he's going to sign that extension next summer, which, again, is the more lucrative extension, it's the better deal for him money-wise. It's just no matter what happens, right? The Bucs could go out and trade for Steph Curry right now. Just It still mm-hmm. makes more sense for him to sign the extension next summer, right? Right. Um, but he's saying, before I sign, show me something. So mm-hmm. at least there's a deadline here. And that's why it's interesting is because Milwaukee just re-signed Brooke Lopez. They just re-signed Chris Middleton to these big contracts. But here's the thing. Giannis is 28 years old. Yes. Brooke Lopez is 35. Drew Holiday yeah. is 33. Chris Middleton right. is 32. He's looking at the next phase. What's next is what he's right. telling them, which is interesting because you mentioned like, hey, the, the, the smiling face. It's very Michael Jordan-esque, right? you got the branding part of it and all this stuff. I am on yeah. Space Jam doing all this. Giannis is very much like that. But, man, that dude is a killer. And that dude is going to step on whoever he needs to step over to get to where he wants to go. That's that killer instinct, right? And so at this point, he's even kind of saying, hey, if you got to trade Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, do it. If it means you got to keep me here. 
because this is obviously not the future. We've already seen Chris Middleton starting this other phase of his career, right? The injuries and the things they seem to have been taking a toll. Drew Holiday in the play. I love Drew Holiday. I don't. There's not a lot of people that like Drew Holiday as much as I do. I I love me some Drew Holiday, but I'm also being. You got to be honest and say he doesn't like step up in the playoffs all the time. It's like one out of every three playoff games does he step up offensively, right? Defensively, he's always going to give you what he gives you. But in terms of a second option, he ain't that. Not last year. <laughs> and certainly not last year. Correct. Brooke Lopez is 35, man. Like, yeah. it, like the only reason they re-signed him to that contract was because they didn't have enough cap space to, to replace him. They basically had to re-sign him. Houston upped the ante, and Milwaukee was just sitting there like, this is our only option. They have one first-round pick that they could trade in 2029. They have yeah. no cap space to speak of anytime soon. They The core around Giannis is aging. They have basically mess, missed on every draft pick since Giannis. Like they, Grayson Allen is like their best pick. Oh no, I'm sorry, not Grayson Allen. Oh, he, was, uh, he, he was a Memphis. Marjon, yeah, Marjon. Maybe Beauchamp. Marjon Bochamp pops. Like yeah. you know, Pat Connaughton was a nice pick. Like they haven't really done much in terms of mm-hmm. the first round picks they even did have. So Giannis is looking around. And he's like, all right. What's next? And and just a brief aside, this is kind of why I like them for maybe being a, a, a quiet Tyler Hero trade partner because he makes mm. a lot of sense for them in terms of, hey, just some scoring help. But I understand where Giannis is coming from. And if if the Bucs can't get something done within the next 12 months, I, I do think the noise is going to get louder in terms of what happens with Giannis next. That's fair. I, I, I could see that. I, I just... I think everybody's really rushing into this. And, and look, the Dame noise has built over the past... I don't know, four or five years uh, from the point where they couldn't get anything done and they couldn't make the, the big and then the trade of CJ McCollum. And then, you know, one mm-hmm. step after the other, one debacle after another. And then everybody kind of, and, and look, he didn't do himself any favors by talking about loyalty and things of that sort. And I think that kind of has exacerbated a situation that might have been somewhat, uh, you know, gone unnoticed had it not been for, mm-hmm. for his comments as far as, I don't know. Everybody's just kind of looking at this and saying, "Oh, it, it seems clear that Giannis is probably looking elsewhere." And I, I don't, I don't buy that just yet. And I, I saw plenty of Bucks reporters and, and fans saying it's not that big a deal. We knew this was going to happen. We kind of like this, actually. You know, I think Jimmy yeah. is not the type to use the media this way, at least not from my recollection. But I think he would make it clear to Pat Riley in the front office if he didn't think that this team was going to get it done. And clearly that was the case a couple of years ago when I, I think he signed off on the Kyle Lowry deal. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, you, you kind of just make it known, if not necessarily through the media, you make it known, look, we got to do something different. What, it was what interesting like? that he, he went through the New York Times story yeah. to do this. And I think that might have something to do with maybe not having – he apparently signed off on the Adrian Griffin hire – but he yeah. barely knows him the way it. that he knows yeah. Mike Boonholzer. You know, like, I think that there's some, and th- there's been some different changes up in the front office and things like that in Milwaukee. Like, this might just be his way of, there is not, it, it is one thing, again, to say something privately and then say something publicly. We can look at the Damon Lillard situation, privately saying, hey, look, I want, uh, I don't want to be part of a youth movement. If you do this, you're probably going to have right. to trade me. All these things were spoken privately. But then the trade doesn't get done unless you say it publicly, unless you let the world know. And I think that's part of the, the game plan here for Giannis. Quickly, before we move out of this, you mentioned some of the off-the-court stuff. Maybe being in a bigger market could help his business, right? Mm. And this idea that, oh, he came from Greece and he came from humble beginnings, so he would be okay in Milwaukee. I never bought that anyway. Like that, People get right. used to stuff real quick. And he's been in the United States for a while, making millions <laughs> and millions of dollars for a while. And you know what yeah. people like? 
who have a lot of money, more money. I don't care what your beginnings are. So there are teams when Giannis could be a free agent in, I think it's 2026. Yeah. In major markets projected to have max cap space. Now this is a while ago, a while from now, a lot of things can change, but if things hold both LA teams, yeah, I was just going to say that the new era beyond LeBron, beyond Kawhi, Chicago, could have no, cap space. It's LA, hundred uh, percent. Brooklyn, Brooklyn could LA. have cap space. I mean, I, but I, there's I, what I'm saying is there's so many options here. Yeah, in terms of Miami, yeah. in terms of Miami, mm. they won't have the cap space. But if Giannis wanted, they 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 would be able to do a sign and trade for what and for what. It, I I that's that's so far in the future. It doesn't even matter to talk about it. If if Giannis wanted to come to Miami, in terms of the the priorities of this podcast, there's a sign and trade route in which the Heat could do it. Um, but yeah, I mean. We're talking about an offseason where those LA teams are going to have that cap space, and that's that's kind of what you're looking at. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think the the Lakers, like the next generation of Lakers big man, you know, to take over that team, I, I think Jeez, he could be he the be. face of that franchise. Yeah, the the popularity, the global appeal. If you're looking at like, I, I mean, the way that LeBron looked at joining the Lakers to build his off the court empire, like the fact that he said it, I'm bigger than I'm as big as Michael Jordan and LeBron in Greece. You become a Laker with their global appeal. Yeah, I get it. Like that's a that's a, a you're you're, you're Chicago looking at, makes a lot of sense too. There's Greek heritage in Chicago runs deep. They have no Greek towns, some of the best Greek no food doubt. in the world, or in the yeah. in the United States at least. Yeah. Um, not that I need to sell them on the Chicago Bulls, but I know it's all it's also it, it's I, I think okay, you and about I this. agree on to, this. Go ahead to tie it to, to tie it to the Heat though. Is he one of the few players that the Miami Heat front office was consider trading Bam Adebayo for? So. Yes. The answer is yes. The problem with that is because it would require a sign and trade in order to acquire Giannis, mm-hmm. you would imagine Giannis wouldn't want, he wouldn't sign off on joining a Heat team that didn't have Bam Adebayo on it. Well, right? it depends, right? I mean, it depends I mean, on it depends who's on left in the next couple yeah. of seasons. Yeah, I mean, we're, but we're I also don't think if he's looking around and he's like, hey, like this Milwaukee Bucks core is aging, he's not going to look at a Jimmy, a 36-year-old Jimmy Butler right. and maybe a 37-year-old Dame, uh, Damian Lillard. Lillard and be like, yeah, that's the young group that I want to join. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's that doesn't make sense. Okay. So I think Bam would have to be a part of that. And so, look, in terms of my – I think Giannis is a long shot. I think it's a pipe dream. If it were ever going to happen, it would have happened before he signed this yeah. most recent extension when everybody was kind of – like the Heat, the Lakers, the Warriors. Toronto. Like, no matter what, Toronto. Every team that said publicly we, we were not chasing Giannis, privately was, was definitely keeping a, a, an eye on Giannis. Um, but – I think that ship has sailed for Miami, but again, like it's, it's so far from now. So many things can change. Who knows? But it, to me right now, it's a long shot. No doubt about it. Fair. Yeah. Okay. All right. Coming up to Damian Lillard, help move his trade request forward with his most recent interview. We talk about that next here. I'm locked on heat. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers can bet $5, just $5, and get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and so much more. So go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL.
Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure that you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app, Everydayers. Heat training camp invite. Cole Swider joins the show tomorrow for an exclusive interview. You're not going to want to miss his answers on why he decided to join Miami over Milwaukee, mm. over Boston. He culture. Heat culture. Well, there it is. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> Way to go. (laughs) No spoilers. No spoilers. Um, Exclusive interviews. Talking about those. Damian Lillard sat down with ESPN's Mark Spears. Confirmed his trade demand to Miami. But refused to talk badly about the Blazers. And when you compare that to James Harden calling Daryl Morey a liar. And Mm. the Heat. Believing that Lillard needs to maybe go more of that route. In order to kind of get his way. This interview, he said nothing in the interview. Let's be clear about this. He said nothing of substance. He said nothing that was very interesting. But what was interesting about the interview is what he did not say. He did not do the Joe Cronin is a liar. He did not do the trade me or else. He didn't do. He didn't threaten to hold out. He didn't do anything. He actually, every time Spears asked him about Portland, he said, I'm not going to talk about the Trailblazers. Just refused to, to do it. The Blazers, no. So it seems clear to me, at least for now, that Lillard is not going to make that mess that the Heat think internally he might need to make in order to force his way out of Portland. Training camp starts on October 3rd. Media day is October 2nd for teams around the NBA. We'll see if something changes. We'll see if they want to even avoid that awkward situation. But for Dame's part, I'll I'll give him this, man. I think he's been really classy about the whole situation, and I think he deserves some credit for that. But in terms of how it relates to his trade request, do you think this interview helps or hurts that trade request, David? I don't know that it does much of either, but if I had to say, I think it helps his trade request. I, I think it, it shows that that he's exiting at least with uh, the right kind of attitude or a t- an attitude that fans and the front office can accept a little bit more easily than if he just burned his way out. You'd almost want to like stick it to him and trade him anywhere but his preferred destination. And mm-hmm. while that seems like that might still be an option because of the lack of activity from Portland's front office, I think you can just at least you can you, you can say you know what he hasn't trust he hasn't trashed us publicly. He hasn't said anything negative about the city. He's said nothing but positive things about his love for Portland. That he'll always be a Portlandite. That he just he loves the city and everything else, and it's just right now his goal is to win a championship, and he can't get that done in Portland, and that's why the trade request happened. So my perspective is that he is helping himself in this regard. I think fans are burnt right at this point. You know, fans. You saw a comment from what's it, the Oregonian uh, Aaron Fentress, yes. saying why are Blazers fans pissed off at him, and the comments are all just like screw Dame, and then Dame retweets it and says so dumb. You know, regarding to, you know, the perspective of that, you know, it, it, fans should only be fans of the team, not of players. And you know, the Joe Crota works for the Blazers. He's His job is to make the Blazers good, not to take care of Dame. And I think that's really, really myopic. But at the same time, I think fans just, they have such vitriol right now at this point. They, they, they hate the way, you've, you've said this all along, and, and kudos to you for this. They don't like the transparency of what Dame has done and saying, this is my preferred destination. This is the only destination I really want to play for. And it's kind of hurt the whole process. And I think that has incensed people who adore Damian Lillard, who or would, uh, you know, and would have been happy to see him retire as a trailblazer. But I, I think at the very least, this might be able to assuage some of their concerns. And from the front office perspective, say, you know what? 
he hasn't done what James Harden did. This we know who Dame is. We know his loyalty is to himself first and foremost. He has requested a trade. He doesn't want to play here. I, I think they'd be more inclined to try and get something done as a result of this interview. I I think it is helpful in reminding people why he wants to leave. I think that yeah. was helpful. I thought it was because it, it's every the noise has been so removed from Damian Lillard over the last couple months since he since he requested the trade officially on July first. The conversation has been all the all the stuff we've been talking about on this podcast, everything that's been talked about nationally. Uh, why is it only Miami? Why does he want to trade? Whose fault is this? Did the Trailblazers screw up? Does do the Trailblazers owe it to Dame to trade him somewhere else where he wants to be traded, even if it means costing themselves an additional first-round pick or taking Tyler here or whatever it might be. All this stuff is so far removed from Damian Lillard's own calculus. It was hard for him to make the trade request. And a lot of people saying, well, why did you sign this extension? Why did you do all of this? Why did it take you so long to to, to, to make a trade from Portland? Because he was loyal. Because it was really hard for him to get to the point where he's at now. And it was only through <laughs> basically being told by the organization – by their actions, we're moving yeah. on. It's the Scoot Henderson right. era. Everybody around you is 19 years old. So, like, read the room, basically. And and, yep. and making and forcing him, in, in essentially, to demand that trade. Um, and he's just reminding people in this interview, this was really hard for me. I wanted nothing more than to win in Portland. It is clear now that that's not going to happen. I'm 33 years old. Everybody around me is 19. These guys might be the most talented players in the world, but they're not ready to win yet. And I don't have that much longer to go. And he says he wakes up every day. Here's the quote. Yeah, I Here's like the this. quote right here. Uh, I would say the desire for a championship now is as high as it's probably going to be. That's literally the thing at the top of my list. You need something that you feel pretty strong about to stay committed the way I've been committed. It's as high as it's going to get. That's ultimately what I want to experience. And that's what I want to get done. And I got to think, if you're a Portland fan or if you're somebody that's even like anti how Damian Lillard has handled this and you read that, You've got to have at least some empathy, some sort of understanding for what this guy is at least a trying to accomplish in this. And so yeah. I think it, it's it again, it's helpful to remind everybody, take away all that other noise, all the stuff that you guys are arguing about. You can that's you. You're arguing about that. For me, I'm just trying to win a championship. And it ain't gonna happen here. And everybody knows it. No matter how big of a player Blazers fan you think you are, you know you're not winning the championship this year without with Damian Lillard. It's not gonna happen. So I just think it's a helpful reminder. And maybe that does help to nudge things forward a little bit. I'd love to think that people are that open-minded, but this whole process has kind of shown the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's it, it is like we fail to consider how difficult it is for players to push themselves. And, and something that I've said for years is how you know players, and we saw this manifest right with the last dance and Michael Jordan and using every possible situation, whether it was something good bad or neutral that was a perceived slight that i would use to fuel my incredible performance on my way to a hall of fame career and for dame to say look i need something to motivate myself at this point of the career because i want to be with my kids i've got time to be with them and i want to also do my lift i want to do my my workout sessions i want to do what i can to at age 33 still be one of the 15 best players in the nba not an easy feat at that age and you need something to motivate you it's the pursuit of a title. It's the only thing that matters to him. And he, and he talks about that timeline. It's like, look, when you're younger, you, you realize you got time. 
Then you start to win a little bit. And you think, okay, we're getting closer. And then they trade CJ. And then they make these other trades. And then they kind of just blow up the team. It's like, hey, man, it's not getting done here. So I'd love for people to read this interview and understand his perspective and take something from that and to you know, use your, your, your word there to use it, have a little empathy for his struggle and his journey and what he needs to do in order to be considered an all-time great because it's not going to happen in Portland. Uh, I think taking the classy route also might help things a little bit because there's been so sure. much vitriol. There's been so much ugliness around this that him just being him taking the high road out of Portland is obviously the goal here. Um, Anthony Edwards had some kind words about Eric Spoles from the Miami Heat culture. I'll tell you why that matters. Locked on Heat. Next. Welcome back to Locked on Heat. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Make sure that you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app, Everydayers. Heat training camp invite Cole Swider joins the show tomorrow for an exclusive interview that you're not going to want to miss. Um, keep an eye on him, man. I think he's got a chance to get one of these two ways. He might even have a chance, depending on how that roster looks by the time opening night rolls around. He could yep. be on the 15 man roster. So start is he going to start for the team? You know, I don't know. That he's gonna start. Well? Um, you know, it's funny though. Cause we, we, we didn't think Duncan Robinson had a chance at doing that a few years ago. And there he was in the starting lineup. The first year that Jimmy joined the team in 2019. So that was uh, totally unexpected. Uh, that's true. Um, let's get to this. True, true for culture, right? it, I mean, they got a type. Um, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, let's take a listen to this soundbite of Anthony Edwards talking about Eric Spolster. Uh, he's been dope, man. Bringing a lot of energy to the heat culture. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's exciting to see. His first day with a scout, I was like, okay, I see what they mean when they yeah. say heat culture. Like, he came in with a lot of energy getting right to the point, um, you know, super precise with the details. So it's, it's dope. That had Heat Twitter talking. Yeah. Yeah, I can see why. You uh, think about it, yeah. I, I, I love it. I love it. Um, you know, I, I remember being one of the first people to have thought, even when he was in Minnesota, that I thought Jimmy Butler was like a lock to join the Miami Heat. And everybody's like, no, no, no. And then there was that one year he was a free agent, and everybody's like, Houston – the Clippers with Kawhi, blah, 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 you know, all these different possibilities, nobody considering Miami. And here we are four years later, four seasons later, and it's been nothing but, you know, sunshine and roses. With Anthony Edwards, I just love the acknowledgement of heat culture because there are so many loud and annoying and quite frankly wrong voices in media that will do whatever they can to trash this idea of heat culture, this bigger than life branding, marketing, and it's a real thing, and it's well-known around the NBA. Dame Lillard referenced it. Other players have referenced it. And now you've got a young kid in Anthony Edwards who's in a really bad situation in Minnesota because that has not been a team that has been operating effectively ever. Like, they came into the league at the same time. This is something that we can forget. Charlotte, Minnesota, Miami, those expansion teams came in at the same time, and Minnesota has nothing to show for it, whereas Miami has – Seven trips to the NBA Finals? I mean, they have been such a good franchise. and They, well, they, have, run they, so- have, they have the Rudy Gobert. Oh, wait. No, the Rudy Gobert trade oh. wasn't good. Never mind. Sorry. Wait. That's the one that's screwing up. They the did have Jimmy Willis Butler season. that one year. Oh, but they, they screwed that up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. One year they went to the playoffs since KG. Crazy. Um, <laughs> well, I think they didn't make it a second year. Best thing for Minnesota was 
maybe the jerseys. Like I'm I'm being serious. Like maybe the, the original ones with the wolf yeah, on it. With the those. with the triangles around the um the border. Yeah. Like those are sick. And I, I love that they wore the throwbacks last year. And Anthony Edwards looks great in them. He would look really <laughs> great. He but he would look really great in a Miami Heat jersey. And look, Spo was asked about this. I think Brian Windhorst asked yes. him about it. Um, and he said, I'll never compare anybody to Dwayne Wade, but then he compared yep. him to Dwayne Wade. And um, you see it. You see it in the way Anthony Edwards moves, and this is not breaking news. When he was coming out of Georgia, he was the first overall pick by Minnesota. I was so high on him coming out of Georgia. And people, like, it was a polarizing draft. It was him, Wiseman, and LaMelo Ball. And you could have made an argument for any of them going number one. And Minnesota made the right move in going with Edwards. And the thing that you saw at Georgia was, this dude's an MFer, man. Like, when you talk about Giannis having that killer instinct, Michael, like, this guy is a killer, right? Like, Kermit in that movie, like, that he played, again, uh, uh, Oh, <laughs> the the Adam Sandler movie, like yeah, yeah. He didn't do any acting in that movie, man. That was Anthony Edwards. That dude is he is a killer. And hey, remind uh, me again who his coach at Georgia was? Tom Crean. That's right. Who did he coach at Marquette? I, I'm trying to struggle. Who, who, was made, who was and this? Tom Crean made those comparisons to Dwayne Wade. Like everybody was making them. And look, there's been a lot of Dwayne Wades. Like that came out. Like Victor Oladipo was compared to Dwayne Wade, and Victor Oladipo never really also coached Dwayne by Wade, Tom Crean, even when yeah. he was athletic. Yeah, if you're a Tom Crean player, but Anthony Edwards does like in a very real way. And on Team USA right now, he's kind of the guy. Yeah, he stepped up big. He's he's, he's, he's up for a big year now. Look, I'm a big Anthony Edwards fan, and I probably will be whether or not he ever plays for the Miami Heat. But it is interesting. Like, we know, especially here in Miami, this Team USA stuff matters. When you start bonding with coaches and you start bonding with other players, there's no Miami Heat players on Team USA right now to recruit Anthony Edwards if and when he becomes a free agent and whatever, 2027, 2028, whatever it would be. But Spo's there. And Spo's going to be here for as long as Spo wants to be here. We also know that, too. So, I don't know. This... It, 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 it's, 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 it's ridiculous to, to even talk about him playing in a Miami yes. uniform right now. Yes. But it's, it is kind of cool to hear him sort of recognize that and talking to Cole Swider too, man. Like he was talking about like, yeah, that heat culture thing is real. He's like, I I've never been a part of a team anywhere. And granted, he's not been in the NBA very long at all. It's been a year, but he's like, you know, he knows players in the NBA. He spent time at Villanova. He spent time at uh, Syracuse. Like he knows guys in the NBA. And he's like, teams don't start talking about defense in August. We're doing defensive <laughs> drills in August. And I'm like, that's crazy. Like, yeah, we're kind of going through like our zone schemes in August. I'm like, you guys don't even know what the roster is. He's like, it doesn't matter. They just want to teach yeah. us whether or not we're on the team or not. And it's Love and it. I'm like, and that's heat culture. The hashtag, the brand thing is sort of a joke. And I get why if you're a Celtics fan, you'd be like, this is stupid. But like, whatever you want to call it, just like, <laughs> just call it a well-coached team. The Heat are a well-coached team. Just get rid of the Heat culture. A well-run organization. A well-run organization. Now you're getting rid of the branding part of it, and now there's no real argument there. You can't argue against it. And you talk to players across the league, and they're like, there's a handful of organizations that players always talk about that are well-run, well-coached. They know if they go there, they're going to get better if they're willing to kind of buy in. And the Heat are always, 100% of the time, one of those organizations. I remember remember years ago we were talking about – the future of the heat and it seems kind of nebulous i think this was even yeah it was after jimmy had signed with the team and and jimmy just doesn't it's not that jimmy is not a recruiter by nature he's just that's just not who he is i, I think that's it's 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 not that people don't want to play with him or people have a bad opinion about him it's just he's not necessarily that kind of guy bam was that guy 
but it's also interesting to see and look at we're, we're seeing we're, we're seeing the rewards reap from that relationship with bam because first it was kd last year donovan mitchell also a possibility now we're seeing it with dame lillard but we never really consider spo as a recruiting tool for the organization and yet with the accolades the, the success he's had the fact that he is considered one of the best coaches in the league and now to see him in the Philippines as a superstar, you know, and, and mm. is, 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 yeah, I, I think it's a, a, an interesting thing. And I think other players too, I, I wouldn't be surprised if any of the guys that are currently on team, you say, whether it's, you know, Tyrese Halliburton or Jalen yeah. Brunson or no, anybody else. Palabin Caro yeah. talked highly about him. I think uh, uh, Austin Reeves did. Um, I think maybe it was Brandon Ingram. I, I, there was somebody else like all saying, and look, They've spent time together. They spent time in Vegas. They they did some friendlies. Now they're in Philippines. They're going to be going around the world. But like yep. it's really not, like relatively speaking, it's not a long time with Eric Spolstra that these guys. And this is a young team, USA team. Like a lot of these guys have never spent any time with Spo at all. Right. Right. And so for them to kind of immediately get that understanding of oh, this guy's just different. Like everybody talks about the intensity, the attention to detail. Like Anthony Edwards in that clip is talking about how he goes about scouting. Just right. the scout, like an assistant coach job, like stuff that Spo's not had to do in Miami in 20 years. Like <laughs> he's and 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 he's just like, oh, the way he the way he goes about the scout. Yeah. I'm like, how how could that be different? And yet Spo finds a way to make it different. He finds a way to put his quote unquote heat culture stamp on the scout of the other team, on the scout of France and the scout of whatever team he's responsible for. So. I don't know. It, it, it's kind of cool just hear it and, and to really kind of get an understanding of because you and I could talk about what heat culture is, but when, you got to hear the players talk about it. And they do. And they do. And, and, and the fact, again, that's just like around the league, it's understood. Like you see Andre Iguodala, something we never even talked about mm. in the show, like talking that if he were to start a team, he would bring, what is it, 95% of heat culture with him? The dude spent two years at the tail end of his career after having won three championships yeah. with the Golden State Warriors. One of them was that like, weird pandemic year where you couldn't like do all the stuff that teams were accustomed to doing. Right. And he's like, you know what? The Heat, they've got it going yeah. on. They know how to run a team. And there's the, uh, Evan Turner, you know, <laughs> biting his lip because he wants to trash Jimmy Butler and the Heat and everything else. And it's like, no, no, you're, you're going to hear it because Andre Iguodala knows what he's talking about. I just – I like seeing that kind of respect yeah. around the league, that understanding that Miami just does things differently better than yep. other teams. All right, we're going to close on this question for you. I didn't tell mm-hmm. you this one was coming, but we talked about three <laughs> different superstars in this show. We talked about Giannis, we talked about Damian Lillard, we talked about Anthony Edwards. You already know the question I'm about to ask you, David. You had to pick one to add to the Miami Heat. Who are you picking? The current iteration of the Miami Heat? Uh, Yeah, I guess. Then I mean, unfortunately, I think Anthony Edwards becomes a little superfluous. As much as I love that option, uh, but I also think I also think Giannis can't really coexist alongside Bam and Abayo as effectively either. So my answer is still Dame Lillard. Interesting. It's interesting. What about you? Giannis might be the best player on the planet. I don't. I'm not. You know me. I, I, I I'm not overthinking stuff. Um, I'll just go with I'll go with Giannis, but I'll take I'll take either of them, man. Like yeah. In, yeah, that's a, that's a good option too. Yeah, it's all good. Get option. us any other top 10, 15-ish player. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day is Heat Training Camp invite. Cole Swider joins the show tomorrow for our exclusive interview. You're not going to want to miss that. Cole uh, was terrific. He actually has his own podcast also, so he kind of knows how what? all of this is done. We actually talked longer than I thought we were going to talk because it was so enjoyable. So 
Um, hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining me, David. You got it, Wes.